Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Uh, Today, I'm welcoming Ariana Camille onto the show, and we're doing something a little differently. Uh, She's actually going to be talking about her story as it relates to dance. So Ariana is an incredible dancer. She's danced at very high levels all over the world, actually, which is amazing. And she's my personal go-to person for any kind of dance-related thing, because if you didn't know... I am a terrible dancer, Uh, so I'm just going to turn it over to our show recording, and I hope you enjoy. So, Ariana, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be on here. Um, So, as I mentioned in the intro, Ariana was a dancer in New York City on Broadway. She's a model. Um, She kind of just does everything. She has her holistic uh, fitness company, which again, I linked to that. But uh, starting with the dance thing, Ariana, would you mind just kind of breaking down your dance story for us? Because um, most of us don't really know what the dance world is about. And I say it like that because I feel like it is very unique. And uh, people today don't really express themselves physically as many dancers do. Yeah, so I guess every dancer has their own story. There's not really, like, um, a set path, but I still think within that, mine's a little bit unconventional of how I became a dancer. So I actually took my first dance class when I was two years old, and I really, I liked it at the time. I don't remember it, but just from, like, what my mom's told me, that when I had, like, my first performance, I was so excited to be on stage. That's, what, that, that's like the one thing um, that she would share with me. But then after that one year, I told my mom, I don't want to dance anymore. So I just danced for one year when I was two, and then I stopped for a really, really long time. And when I was a kid, I was always just like really creative with everything. I would write, I would play music. Music was really my thing. I had kind of a natural talent for music, and I started pursuing that really seriously. Like even into high school, just because it came naturally to me, I was like, oh, I'll just like become a musician when I get older. It just seemed like the natural thing. But then I kind of realized that I really liked music, but I didn't have like the passion for it. I didn't really enjoy practicing. I kind of just got by on my talent and stuff. And so it didn't really make sense for a career. But then I must have been watching like videos of dancers on YouTube, I think, when I was like 13. And I just the way they moved it just looked like it felt so good to like connect with music that way and i was like that's what i want to do but most dancers start training to be professional by the time they're like 10 12 because it's such a career you have to start young because it's so physically demanding and it's just very difficult to learn the skills so i started taking some dance classes at like a local studio when i was 13 just kind of like casually But then I got to high school and I was like, okay, if I really want to do this, like I have to get more serious about it. So I auditioned for a ballet academy in Philadelphia called the Rock School when I was 15. And this is one of the top ballet institutions in the nation. And looking back, it's really a miracle that they accepted me because I was so far behind for my age at 15. I don't... I guess they saw something in me. I don't know. But um, yeah, looking back, I was like, wow, because that was really what started me (laughs) on my journey to um, like a professional career. 
was there. That's so. that's crazy. And how it kind of takes all those pieces from your childhood, like you were saying, music, and it just kind of built off of that. Like you're in, you were interested in music, but you didn't realize at the time that you were interested in maybe expressing how you felt to the music, not the music itself. Exactly. That's, that's exactly it, yeah. That's interesting. Um, and dance itself, you said you were kind of behind some other people, um, and you were saying just how demanding the sport is, and just sitting here thinking about it, I really can't think of any other sport that puts the mobility and strength requirements that dance does on your body. Um, I mean people jumping up and then landing in a split. Um, I don't think I could do either one of those the way you all do that on the stage and stuff. It is very impressive and demanding. Um, so what does it look like inside that ballet dance academy, you know, teenage girl to, you know, was it late teens, early 20s, roughly? So what did that look like? What was that environment like? So I was there for four years, and it was really, really physically demanding. Um, so I went from dancing before I entered the school about like six hours a week to literally six hours a day. So that was a really big lifestyle change. Um, like, of course, my body really changed. Like, I'd always been slender, but I didn't really have like muscle strength or, or much flexibility. Um, but like my muscle to fat ratio really changed and I just like there's a lot of internal changes going on so that was like one thing um, and actually the other thing like as physically demanding as it was I honestly think it was much more mentally demanding um, the training so besides being like a lot older than a lot of the other students so I was in like um, a level with girls who are mostly like 12 and stuff um so that was really difficult because I felt like I wasn't as good as everyone else and I in a way I wasn't because I was so much older um and there's a lot of pressure so the ballet world is probably the most um close-minded in terms of differences in like body type and age and so because of that it made it even harder and so the school that I went to was a great school in many ways, and a lot of people really benefited from their time there. But at the same time, it was also very toxic in certain ways. Um, there was a lot of favoritism. Um, I, like, <laughs> it's kind of hard to talk about it, because at the time, I, looking back, I don't know why, I, like, felt really, um, like, my self-esteem, like, really plummeted mm -hmm. during my years at the school. Um, and like I would be in class, I'd be working so hard and a lot of the teachers would just like ignore me, not cast me in shows. Like if I got cast in a performance, I'd be like in the back for like five seconds. And so, so like that mental, like why, why am I not good enough? Why are they not seeing me? Um, it just kind of made my self esteem go down a lot. But at the same time, as much as I felt like I was just so bad, but I wasn't bad, I just hadn't had the training everyone else had. I really wanted it. So I showed up to every class, even when I was sick, which, you know, is not, I learned later to take care of myself. <laughs> but I would like push through and like everything. And um, I'm really still unlearning so many of those things, like those toxic um, mental thoughts I had about myself and toxic behaviors that really is a reflection of the dance world overall. It's definitely not unique to the school. Um, 
but also as much as I felt like ignored by teachers who just were like oh she's too old to actually have a career or like whatever I also there was a handful of teachers that like on the opposite end of the spectrum I had such a great relationship and they really believed in me and they they saw things in me that I didn't see in myself at all like I was super like low self-esteem like I can't do this but I just keep going because I love it so much um and I'm still in contact with so many of those teachers there's like three that I could think of who really were like you know you're good you just need a little more confidence (laughs) and stuff and like without them I don't know what what I would have done because there was times when I'd be in class and I would literally be like am I invisible because like I'm just not getting like anything so and I was already really shy like you maybe you can't tell now but I was really introverted when I was a kid and so that plus like the mental intensity of the um just trying to like survive in that environment and thrive um was really hard so that was there was four years of that but then I started to get out of that once in my last year at the school when I was 18 I started to like expand more outside of just those walls because it's easy to get stuck in one person's point of view and like one person's opinion of yourself mm-hmm. and um I started guest uh, guest performing with the company outside of the city and that was my first time like getting paid to perform and I was like wow so in one environment I'm like ignored and in the other I'm doing these dancing these roles that I would have never been casted in at the school so um yeah I, I was still in Philadelphia at this point and that's kind of when like things started shifting yeah it's amazing how much of an impact those certain people just it doesn't take many just a couple really good people um who always believe in you and never give up it's amazing to see the impact they can have on you um long term and i really feel like this story comes full circle for you because i know mental health is something that you cannot stress enough um now and i'm really excited to dive into that with some of your other things like essential oils and some different things you do later on in um, our next episode, actually. Um, But was there anything else that you did at the time that really helped get you through other than just clinging to those positive words and that vision that only you could see? Um, Well, I started because... Um, obviously like through dance training you'll build strength and flexibility but like that itself is really especially if you're starting late not enough Mm -hmm. so I started doing Pilates actually to try to catch up and Mm. um, build strength so that was how I kind of got into Pilates which I I now teach I now became certified so um, that helped me build strength faster than if I was just doing um, ballet classes Mm -hmm. and um, yeah honestly besides like those words of encouragement it was really like my own like mental resilience I guess that got me through it like kind of passed down from like my dad he always like was an example of like really hard work and he like came to this country and started a um, a business like with his friends but like on his own Mm -hmm. so I think that kind of like spirit the like kind of entrepreneurial spirit to just um keep pushing through was something like I saw as a kid and kind of passed down to me so like even though I really doubted myself I just kept going to class. So, like, eventually, you know, things would um, progress. And, um, but 
also at the same time i've been dancing ballet for four years straight like almost exclusively ballet Mm -hmm. and by my last year in the school i was feeling really burnt out i was Mm. like i don't even know if i want to keep dancing because like i'm just exhausted and i feel like there's so much more to dance than just ballet and so by my last year i was waking up early to work 6 a.m shifts at starbucks then i go to dance and then a few times a week, I would commute out the city to rehearse in the evening. So my days were, like, so long. I was just like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, I'm not really finding a job in a ballet company because I don't really have the ballet body. I'm, like, shorter, and um, they're just really close-minded, I guess. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> way to say it. So, but then, at the encouragement of one of these teachers who really believed in me, I started auditioning for some, like, modern and contemporary dance schools in mm-hmm. New York. Um, and I got accepted into my top choice, which was the Alvin Ailey School in Manhattan. And I was so excited. I literally didn't sleep all night when I found <laughs> out. But I was just like, yay, like, oh my gosh, like, I got accepted into the school. Like, this is amazing. And so I moved to New York when I was 19. And, uh, that was, uh, a, a, like, the next chapter of everything. <laughs> right. And when I first met you, it was just before the pandemic and everything happened. So you were still in New York City and you were still very focused on that modern, contemporary, and I'd say a little bit of like salsa and Hispanic style yeah. dancing as well. Um, so how did you get there? You said you went to New York when you were 19. How did you get from day one in New York City, which I'm sure was quite overwhelming, yeah. to where I met you in February? Yeah, so I was accepted to the the program at the Ailey School, which was a three-year program. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first moved to New York, um, it was just like, there was just so much, like it was so big. I remember my first day, I went for a walk in Central Park, and I walked for like two hours, like north, and I didn't get out of the park, (laughs) like it was just so big. Wow. but so yeah, at, at the Ailey School, we studied like all kinds of dance. So like mm-hmm. we still did ballet, but we also did multiple kinds of modern, contemporary, jazz. We did a little tap, theater dance, West African, like everything. So I was like, yes, this is what I want. Like not just one style, like all these different kinds. And um, that's really still reflected. Like when I choreograph, like you can't really pinpoint one style. Like it's kind of a blend of things. Cause like that's when I'm happy when I'm doing like multiple things at once. So, and then, so I had the Ailey School to train at, which was a really great school. Like most dance institutions, there was still that favoritism, but it wasn't like the toxic environment that I had been at before. And at the same there's so much dance in New York. So I wasn't just training at the school, I was doing all these things outside of it. So that's how I got into like Latin dance was through studying outside the school and then in New York there's just so many like you just like go to these social events and there's just these great salsa dancers so I just kind of like hopped right into that uh social dancing world and started picking up um those skills as well um and so I was still going through like my transition of learning to um have self-confidence in things Mm -hmm. and uh I guess just like having that great exposure um, really boosted my self-confidence and I started doing things like I stopped waiting for someone to give me permission to perform and I started just giving it to myself. So I actually um, 
would busk in New York. So busk is uh, street performing. Mm. I would perform in the subways. I would perform in Central Park. So literally, I went from this girl who was so shy and thought she was terrible to like, I'm just gonna go dance in Central Park. And people would um, like make donations um, as I was performing and things. And it was, it, that really helped me as a performer because usually we're on stage and the audience is like in the dark, you can't mm-hmm. really see people. But with this, people were like walking right by me and I could see like what would make someone stop and watch and what would make someone just like keep walking and I really got like that close interaction with people and that was like a huge boost which a lot of dancers don't don't busk and if you do it uh if anyone's listening and wants to do that do it with a friend because sometimes <laughs> there's crazy people in New York so just for safety but um yeah I like grew so much from that I did that I started teaching I've been teaching in uh Philadelphia a little bit but mm-hmm. I started teaching more in New York I started teaching adult beginners, which was super like inspiring, eye-opening that these people would put like so much effort into something that wasn't gonna become a career. And I had learned so much from those teachers uh, at the ballet school in Philadelphia who ignored me in class about how to not teach. (laughs) (laughs) I, I learned that you can look at someone and see them as they are, but a really good teacher sees the intention and the energy that a student hat is putting in and sees what that can become. Mm-hmm. And I started using that in teaching these adult um, students and just like really encouraging them to like not get so focused on where they are, but see like with certain intention how you can grow. Um, and it was like really amazing and inspiring. Um, that's, that's some of the things I did. I also... Um, <laughs> I was accepted to a dance program in Amsterdam one summer, and that was amazing. That sounds incredible. Yeah, it was like international dancers, and uh, I was just there like dancing all day. And I realized that I didn't just like performing, I really liked choreography. Like Mm -hmm. that was my thing, which made so much sense because when I was a kid, I was always creating. So um, that also like boosted that and I did other stuff in New York, too, but I won't, like, keep the... (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. Um, It really sounds like New York and just dance in general have really helped shape you as a person, not just, like, who you are, but just the cultural experiences and the travel and the influences of other people um, that you've picked up along the way. Um, And you mentioned about teaching there. I mean, ultimately you are leading and living by example. I mean, I don't think of anyone better to teach something like dance than someone who's literally studied it for eight years and has been doing it for over half their life. I mean, it's simply incredible. Um, Very cool stuff. So um, from this, because I, for one, um, and anyone who's listening or knows me will know, I am a awful dancer um so if there was someone listening who might be kind of like me what advice would you give them as far as like getting started because although we're not all going to end up on broadway um it's still kind of something different unique has a lot of benefits and like we've talked about it's almost a language within itself Oh, well, I would say number one, which is easier said than done, is to not judge yourself while you're dancing. Because that's the number one thing 
that will hold you back and one it takes the fun out of it <laughs> and two like literally the best dancers are the people who dance unapologetically even if their technique is not that great if you dance with confidence people will watch you because they're like wow like i want to be like that you know <laughs> so that's that's number one and i guess to uh that's hard to do if you're kind of dancing in a social setting but if you're just dancing on your own in your room or wherever just notice if you're judging yourself because that's what i used to do when i was training i would judge myself like before i even did it so that was not helpful so just notice if you're like saying those things in your mind making up stories and um, <laughs> just like yeah allow yourself to just express yourself because we all before we talk we all like express ourselves with our bodies right when we're mm -hmm. like babies and everything so it's more natural than you would think if if you give yourself the space to I think anyone can dance. You just need to give yourself the space and maybe take a few lessons if you want to get technical. But um, yeah, that's like, honestly, that, that itself, like not judging yourself, it will take care of so many things if you want to get started. Makes sense. Um, and then I know some people really like to watch dance, obviously. Um, hence the whole reason New York City and Philadelphia and those places were such um, big areas for dance. Um, but obviously the pandemic has kind of put a damper on things. Is there any way for people to still be watching and supporting, um, dancers during this time or moving forward? Yeah. So COVID was crazy when that <laughs> happened. I was, um, I was working with a modern dance company downtown. I was like, just kind of getting started, um, with them. And then this happened. So it's a it's a bit hard. There are companies um, that are still performing virtually. A lot of companies have started like either live streaming or releasing their archives for like uh, on a subscription basis. Mm -hmm. um, it really depends though. Like for me, I'm more of an independent artist, so I have been like continuing to create during this pandemic. But like me posting. A choreography on YouTube doesn't really make me any money. <laughs> so, um, and for like the Broadway shows and stuff, some of those I think have been sharing like archives of their performances, but really like not much. Um, and if you're talking in terms of like uh, Broadway and even just general theaters, like it's not just the dancers who are involved, um, the, the makeup artists, the mm -hmm. costume designers, stage hands, like so many people. Are out of work and i think really like obviously monetary support is really important especially in new york because i actually i completely moved out because i just couldn't afford my rent um so that's that's difficult but i think more to keep like the spirit of the arts going and to really continue to value it because it's in general in the united states aren't arts isn't valued as much as in like europe mm -hmm. um you could say so that's a thing already. And then I feel like during this pandemic, it's kind of been even more emphasized that lack of value um, in terms of like the way that funding has been organized for mm -hmm. like gig workers and um, like funding for companies. So I think the best thing you can do if there's like artists on like social media, like <laughs> support their work, do things that you can do for free, like share it, uh, mm -hmm. like it, comment, like 
just like engage with it and if you are able to financially support like companies and things that's great but again there's like a whole percentage of dancers who are freelancers and independent artists who work like on a show-by-show basis that won't benefit from that so um that's that's a bit of a tough one yeah it's almost like we need dance to kind of take a turn towards like what music is where you have like spotify and apple music and you pay a subscription service and you can kind of like watch all these different dances and different things from different people um yeah Mm -hmm. if anyone knows how to make that happen um i'd be willing to help out with that um i have no idea where to start but that would be really cool um yeah there's one other thing i was gonna ask you um it's just leaving my mind right now. Um, but in general, this just seems like really awesome stuff to me because, as I said, I am not someone who really knows a whole lot about dancing, but it really amazes me because, you know, you see people, men, women, and anywhere in between, doing these things that it's just like, it looks so cool. And not just the physical side of it, but like we we're talking about the mental side of it, the feelings of confidence and self-esteem boosting that you get out of doing it. Um, just a very neat and unique thing that I really can't compare to anything else. I mean, I think our closest comparison, like we said, was just music and making music in general. Um, and I guess you could say that you can express yourself through music, um, but, oh, I remembered now. This is totally off topic from what I was just talking about, but we'll just change gears. Um, I was going to say, um, we were talking about mental health and all this dance and stuff. Um, science, which she said seems to be where all the support went to during the pandemic, continues to point back to things like dance and um, boosting your self-esteem and confidence levels and music and the arts as the top things to boost and support your mental health. So it's kind of ironic how we pour money this way and they say to do these things, uh, but those things don't get the money. We just keep pouring money in the other direction. Um, Just funny how that breaks down. Um, But no, I think your story is very inspirational and um, just amazing what can happen when you just figure out what you want and go after it and don't let anyone else slow you down or get in your way. Um, Mm -hmm. Not even a pandemic. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, Speaking of which, um, I know before you were doing choreography, correct? You mentioned that a few times. So you choreograph like weddings and other things like that for people, right? Yeah, I was, uh, I would choreograph dances for wedding couples, which was really uh, nice to be like part of their special day. Um, Mm -hmm. That also, I used my skills of like teaching adult beginners because most people like hadn't danced before. So um, that was, it's, it's definitely a challenge coming from the professional dance world and then teaching creating a choreography that's still interesting and creative within um, people who don't have as much dance skills. Mm -hmm. But that was like a boost to my creativity because whenever you're constrained and you have to be creative, then you grow from there. So I loved working with my wedding couples. So many of them, like all of them had to postpone their weddings because of the pandemic. Um, But hopefully I'll get back to that at some point. And uh, I would perform at just like events around the city and I would choreograph for that. I performed at like an art gallery that was 
um, presenting work based off of like the Harlem Renaissance mm. style. So I choreographed the dance to like Ella Fitzgerald jazz, like from the same era, like the twenties, thirties. Yep. Um, what else? Yeah. Oh, when I was in Amsterdam, I had my chore- I got to perform my choreography there, which was amazing and uh the music was done by my boyfriend who's a musician so we kind of like both got to like put that on our resumes after (laughs) that um yeah but i'm just like really just getting started with that during this pandemic i've also really been i always before the pandemic i was really interested on in dance on film like there's Mm -hmm. one thing to like perform in a theater and just like set up the camera and record it and it's another thing to like really get creative with like angles and like how you are reporting that um, mm-hmm. because I think you can kind of capture so many different emotions because the camera can really like zoom in and influence what you're seeing. So I was already interested in that and then during this pandemic I started getting more into that. So I asked a few of my dance friends who are now living all over the world back at home to um, join in on a project and I choreographed something. I filmed myself teaching it sent out the teaching video to these dancers all over the world and I was like I don't know what I'm gonna get back because <laughs> I'm just sending out this video I'm not there to like provide instruction um but then all the dancers sent their videos back to me and I kind of copied and clipped them together into mm-hmm. a piece where we're all dancing simultaneously so that was really cool to like just send your work out there and then someone sends back them dancing it and you're like wow I love that <laughs> that is really cool and it was really cool so. you think too it wouldn't have been possible to do something like that just a few years ago um yeah. it's crazy how far we've come um the, the more we talk the more like amazing points you keep bringing up like from the power couple approach to just everything and I mean I guess the only question I have left is what's next what does the future hold for you um because 2020 is almost ending and I know uh, yeah so there's a lot of like uncertainties in my future mm -hmm. I was like kind of like really grinding in New York right before this I was uh I was working as background talent in uh, TV shows like Grey's and uh, not Grey's Anatomy, New Amsterdam, which is on Netflix. If you've seen that, uh, so I was like, yes, I'm starting to get into film and uh, choreography and like all these things, and that kind of was like at a halt. Like none of that, <laughs> even like the acting jobs I was doing, that's not back at all. Like the film industry is really taking a hit too. Um, so this time has really been like a lot of personal growth for me because mm-hmm. I like been forced to kind of like look at myself and what I'm doing <laughs> right now right. and seeing how I can like keep moving forward and so I started like teaching online um I've started using my Pilates certification skills a lot um not as much dance teaching but definitely doing that too so going forward I I really like like the online actually environment of teaching because you can reach so many people that you would never meet in person so I want to really keep going with that um, but at the same time, my goals of like, my ultimate goal is to choreograph for movies and films. Um, so that is still very much there. And I'm just every day trying to like cultivate my creativity as much as I can and, and just keep that going and um, work on getting back to a city so I can get back to networking and stuff. But so still, still personal projects to come, still like little dance films that I'm working on. Um, but in terms of all the rest, um, yeah, I think the whole dance community is just kind of like trying to take it day by day and figure <laughs> it out. So, <laughs> And it amazes yeah. me how you do all of these things, not just the 
choreographing, but you actually record all your own dance stuff and do all the own, all of your own editing as well, which yeah. that's a very time-consuming process. And uh, it is. <laughs> there's a lot to learn there, and um, I'm definitely not the best at video editing or anything like that. I just kind of find it tedious, uh, just like, you know, you put so much time in for such little amounts of uh, film. But, yeah. you know, the fact that you have the patience for that is incredible in itself. Um, so, well, this has been a amazing, what are we at, 32, 33 minutes, so... I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us about your story. Um, not something I've ever really done with anyone before, but I feel like dance is a very unique form of not just health and fitness, but just like we said, a means to express yourself. And most people don't really know much about it. So I'm glad we we're able to kind of dive into it a little deeper and uh, clear up all those, well, for lack of a better term, misconceptions and uh, gray points, because I know I had a lot going into this. So thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for um, having me and uh, giving me this, the space to share my story. It's been really awesome talking with you. <laughs> so thanks again, as always, for tuning in and listening to this episode of the Brown Body Podcast. If you like the show, please feel free to like, subscribe, share it with a friend. And also, if you want to uh, engage with us or Ariana on social media, you can follow my page at Braun Body, Braun with a W, on all major platforms. And you can find Ariana at Evolve Movement Co. So, Evolve MVMT.co. Thanks again for listening. Have a great rest of your day.